0: Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26, that's where we're going to start tonight. Um, As you're turning there. I, uh, you know, we served in Boston uh, for several years, several years ago. And um, we still stay in touch with the people uh, of the church, South Middlesex Baptist Church in Framingham, Massachusetts. It's uh, what they call a bedroom community for Boston and Metro West. And um, one of the folks that uh, we served with there, um, uh, as a family in the church. Uh, they, were, they were an old retired couple then, and that was like 15 years ago. So you can imagine how old and retired they are now. But um, uh, he called today, and uh, I was talking with him, and, and <clears throat> he usually, I'm not going to say his name, but he usually has something he wants to ask me, run by me. What do you think of this? And um, <clears throat> and he, he he told me about a situation, something sort of going on in his church with one of the leaders in the church. <clears throat> and how that, was, uh, how that was kind of bothering him. And, and he thought what he would do is, maybe what he should do is, instead of going around and, you know, maybe getting everybody on his side in and, and, and the fight, uh, maybe what he should do is, is go go talk to the guy. Um, and, and he thought that what he would do is wait until he got pretty agitated about it then he'd go and talk to him. Um, well, what do you think of that? Yeah, I, I, well, my advice to him was to not do that. Um, that was my advice. Um, I, that to me was a perfect example. Well, maybe not a perfect example, but a very good example of, of someone who's dealing with a situation in their life where they don't have peace. And I think about it in 1 Timothy, or maybe it's 2 Timothy. Sometimes I get that confused. Whereas we want to lead a quiet and peaceable life peace and quiet. That's what we want. We want peace and quiet. And, um, and this idea of peace, I've been thinking about this idea of peace now for several months and I, I've been going through the Bible and looking at examples. I, I, it, normally what you do when you think about a word like peace is you would look up places where the word peace is used. And in this case, I didn't exactly do that. I was just reading in different parts of the Bible and I'd come across something and I'm like, no, that's peace right there. Whether the word was there or not. And I wrote that down. I have 14 points. But uh, before you get too upset, uh, Stephanie told me I could only do seven of them. Um, and so, uh, so we're just all of a sudden feeling peaceful already. Um, because there's only seven points. Not exactly points. But there's but some passages of scripture that I went to. We'll quit talking and we'll go to uh, Isaiah 26. Um, in verse 3. You probably already know this verse. You already know what I'm going to read. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength or as we like to say, the rock of ages. Everlasting strength. Peace. Peace. It says perfect peace. That's Hebrew. In Hebrew, there, that's, and you may know this. That's the word peace. Shalom. 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 It's peace twice. Peace. Peace. And I would say that while I would want peace in my life, I guess I would prefer peace. Peace. And that's what it says here. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And I made. A, I asked myself a question. Yeah, but when? When? When will I have peace, peace? When will I have perfect peace? When you look at uh, uh, you look at, at Isaiah back in twenty five, we're not going to look there, but back in twenty five, he's talking about in the future, during the millennial kingdom, and in the you know wiping tears away and 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 all those kind of things, uh, you know. And, and I, there's a there's a song that we're going to sing tonight uh, where it, at the end it says, "Soon we'll reach the shining river." I'm not going to sing it. Soon our pilgrimage will cease. Soon our happy hearts will quiver with the melody of peace. And I'm thankful for that. But I want peace now. I, I, I need peace now. I mean, when I'm in heaven, I'm going to see him. I'll be him because I'll see him like he is. I'll be like him and, and all of that. Well, yeah, that's kind of easy. But what about now? I want it now. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Um, we're, going to, we're not going to spend a lot of time in Philippians chapter 4, but, uh, but uh, I do want to point out a couple of, uh, of things. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that Pastor Ledbetter, working through Philippians, he's probably going to, I'm hardly going to crack a shell on this, he's probably going to um, talk more about this at some point going through the Philippians. But uh, in Philippians chapter 4, there are two verses we'll look at, and later on we'll look at two more. But in Philippians chapter 4, <clears throat> in verse 6, it says, Be careful for nothing. Hmm. But in everything, it looks like I don't have anywhere to go. I don't have any room. There, I have no room to negotiate. Be careful for nothing. But, strong adversative, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Have you ever done that, by the way? I have. I've done that verse right there a thousand times. And I know you have too. And verse 7 says, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And and I think that's a pretty good statement because when I think about a hardship that I'm going through and I'm praying and asking God to, to solve this problem and he solves this problem and I'm like, ah, that's understandable, isn't it? But the peace God gives is the peace that's better than that. That's what this verse is saying. See, that's what I want. I want that kind of peace. I want the peace that's better than when my problem is solved kind of peace. That's what I want. That's what I need. But what's going to help me? Because just like I said a minute ago, uh, where, hold on, I lost place. place. Um, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. How many hundreds of times Have I taken a serious concern to God and laid it at his feet and you are the God of the... You have created all that we see and know and you are in control and I'm turning it over to you and then lay there and can't sleep all night after I'm through praying. Anybody else done that? Anybody else been in that situation? Yeah, all of us. I don't want to be that way. What's going to help me to have peace in the storm? That's the question I ask myself... When I first thought about this idea of peace months ago, and started reading, and guess what? I started reading and finding some things where some people seem to be getting some help during the storm. Now, the first one, if you go back to Isaiah twenty-six, um, uh, it, it, not so much of the storm, but it's it's like the main it's the main thing that we as believers can cling on, can cling to. Um, In Isaiah 26, verse 1, it says, In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Salvation will God appoint. The walls and the bulwarks, the defenses, the machine guns and artillery. What is it? what What kind of weaponry? Salvation. I don't think about my salvation that way. I don't think about that I, I, as a, means. me talking. I think about my salvation as something that is a defense for me. A defense against eternal hell. A defense against a a, a lost existence. A defense against uh being an enemy of God. I, I think about that kind of thing. I don't think about my salvation so much as being as being bulwarks and catapults and you know, and those kind of things that I can rely on as not only a defense but as an offense too. <clears throat> Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. That will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah Jehovah is everlasting strength. One of the things that I read in this passage that I have that can give me peace is my salvation. And I'm not talking about just the fact that I'm saved. I'm talking about focusing on my salvation. If I have some kind of a problem, and just like you, if you have some kind of a problem, it stands the reason that during this problem you're going to be thinking about your problem it's only human it's only natural it's only normal well you know what i could do i could think about my salvation when i'm going through a hardship when i'm going through a when, when i'm going through a very hard time i could think about my salvation and what that means as what brother gary prayed at the beginning of his prayer about what we have how'd you say that what we have look forward to or um, I knew he wasn't talking about tonight. He was talking about in heaven. Um, what we have to look forward to He's talking about what we have in salvation. And what is it? 30 something different things that were true when we trusted Christ for salvation. How we have the spirit of God indwelling in us. We're, we're, we're his children. We're, we're, we're children of the king of the universe. We're his children. And he loves us and he cares for us. He's always there when he needs us. I like to say, you know, I feel sorry for people who whose who's, who's God is money because they have a God that's never around when they need him, right? Our God is always around. Our God is always here. And he's not just around and here and on his throne. He's our papa. That's one thing you can focus on. Think about, it's your job now, you think about what you have in Christ because of your salvation. And when you're going through a hardship, you, you dwell on that. You focus on it. You gotta make yourself do it. I gotta make myself do it. You gotta make yourself focus on him and not you. I have to make myself, and sometimes I get my wife to help me, make myself not focus on me and my problems and poor me, but, but focus on him. Salvation. That, that's all I'll say about that. There's peace in salvation. Uh, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Now this one is a is just a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> this one's just a little bit harder to to me, a little bit harder to swallow, but it's the truth. First, uh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> starting in verse 2. Paul says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, you already know where I'm going, who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Why? That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. How? By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, this is Paul talking, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, Paul talking, it is for your consolation and salvation. And I'll skip down. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Good or bad, it's for you. We as the servants of Christ, Paul says, but he does say in the middle, whether it be in verse six, at the beginning it says, whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. There was a time in my life a long time ago. <clears throat> Where I was, um, I, was, uh, I was hurt deeply. Don't know if you've ever been hurt deeply. I was hurt very deeply. And I think uh, it was compounded by, uh, you know, the, the, I think the, the, the devil was attacking. I was hurt deeply. And I contemplated taking my own life. Have You ever done that? Never thought about doing that before until I did. Never thought about that until I did, and I would wonder why am I going through this? And it wasn't why like it's not fair; I shouldn't have to go through this. It wasn't that kind of why. It was I want to understand what is it. Well, praise the Lord! I was my my, my focus during that time was turned off of myself and on the Lord, and uh, the Lord helped me. And sure, sure as the world. A year or so later, I had a friend, a really good friend, a good guy, who who went through the same thing. He had it so bad. It, you, you guys remember what an answer machine was? <laughs> that was what we used to. We call it voicemail now, but back then it was a machine. You pushed a button, boop. You know. Um, I came home one day. He had left a message on my machine. He was like, hey, Bernie, this is. And then I stood there staring at my machine for five minutes as I listened to him cry for five minutes. Five minutes. I mean 458, 459, five. Five minutes of sobbing and crying on my answer machine. And then he goes, I'll talk to you later. And he hung up. So I called him back. And do you want to know what I was able to do? I was able to help him. I was able to take what had happened to me and what the Lord had taught me and I was able to help him. And I'm thankful for that. I'm not thankful for wanting to take my own life. I'm borderline embarrassed to even say it out loud. A believer. But I'm thankful that God allowed me to help my friend. And maybe I kept him from taking his own life. There's peace in being a vessel. Meat for the master's use. That's what this is talking about. I know that's in 2 Timothy chapter 2. But it's also in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. That we go through something. God allows something into our lives so he can teach us a lesson. Why? So we can help somebody. And the next time you are going through, and it may be now, it may be as I'm talking, the next time you go through something difficult, one of the things you can remember is what you have in Christ because of your salvation. And another thing you can remember is God's going to help me. hes I read it. He's going to give me comfort, and then I'm going to be able to take that, and I'm going to help somebody else. As a matter of fact, it's God's pyramid scheme. And not only will I go through it and be helped, I'll be able to help like five or six people. And then they'll be able to help like six or eight people. There's peace in being a vessel. I can focus on that the next time I'm going through a hardship. Turn to Acts chapter 16, verse 23. Acts 16. You already know what we're going to talk about, don't you? Acts 16. Everybody knows what's there. and when they had laid many stripes upon them they cast them into prison charging the jailer to keep them safely who having received such a charge thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks and at midnight Paul and Silas and this is where you're supposed to pause and think what did they do what happened to Paul and Silas they were they were Mistreated, abused, lied on. They didn't do anything wrong. All I knew was talking about the Lord. And they got beat and locked into prison. Paul and Silas. Hold on, I lost my place. There it is. Thank you. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. Oh, and you know, you know, to buttress the last point, and the prisoners heard. By the way, the prisoners hurt, but that's not what we're talking about. And I made a note here. There's peace in praising God. When I went out to work for myself on my own, it really was a matter of, it was a, it was it was a matter of faith. I was presented with a situation in my life where I had a decision to make. <clears throat> And I was trying to make up my mind what it was the Lord wanted me to do, trying to figure it out. Lord, what do you want me to do? And I had all these people asking me to do work for them. And I was telling them all, leave me alone. I'm trying to figure out what the Lord wants me to do. Um, and I was actually on my way to a lady's house to tell her that I couldn't do her job for her. I mean, why would I do that? You can do that on the phone. Um, and I went over there and, and she was like, could you, could you build this thing for me? I don't have anybody I said, Okay, right, I'll build it. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, and that night I was like, Lord, I'm just trusting you to provide. And I think I went, you know, and that was 2002, four, I don't know, 2002. And, uh, and I think I've had like a week where I didn't have anything to do in, in, since, what was that, 20 something years. Um, got a job uh, to do some work on a house for a very wealthy widow lady that was a friend of our families. went over to Charlotte and did this work did it five weeks Uh, and at the end of that job uh, she said some very hurtful things and cheated me out of money welcome to the business and you know I was new at this and I was young and I and she was a family friend I mean my my goodness and uh and I was driving home and I was just I was just hurt and I just I mean, I was just kind of crying a little bit. Of course, you know that's no big surprise. And uh, and I was crying a little bit. And and uh, and Lord, Lord, I don't understand what was this about. And the Lord gave me a verse. Has the Lord ever given you a verse, Man, man? When the Lord gives you a verse, you just you hold on to it like grim death. You take that verse and you use it, and you think about it, and you memorize it, and you apply it because you need that. He gave me a verse. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. It gets worse. Rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. That's the verse the Lord gave me driving down 85 from Charlotte. And I went from tears and not understanding to praising God. And I say, I tell you one thing, Lord, I don't understand. All I'm doing I'm providing for my family and that is the work of God. I'm just going to stand here and say it. Providing for my family, That's what God expects me to do that. And I'm providing for my family and this happened. And the Bible tells me when I was mistreated for doing good, so persecuted the prophets which are before you. I don't know what my reward in heaven is going to be for that and I don't know why the Lord chose to give me one. But his word says I got one. And I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure it's worth more than what she cheated me out of. Not to mention the fact that on top of all that, that year when I did my taxes, I got that much back in my taxes. That's how the Lord does it. You know it. That's how the Lord does it. I don't believe that Paul and Silas were in the Philippian jail miserable and down and downtrodden and boo and, well, let's just sing something. Maybe we'll praise you. Thank you, Lord. Victory in Jesus. You know what I think? I think they were thinking, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all men are of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. I think that's what they were thinking. Something along those lines. And they were praising God because I don't know why I just got beat like I did, but, but I got a reward in heaven because I was, I was serving my Lord. And I can rejoice over that. And I can praise God over it. There's peace in salvation, there's peace in being a vessel, there's peace in praising God. And I'll go ahead and say, if you look down to verse 36, there's peace in answer prayer. There's peace in answer prayer. Verse 36 says, And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, The Magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. (laughs) How about that? There's some peace for you. We just beat you for no good reason and locked you in jail. Bye. (laughs) Peace be with you. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and have cast us into prison and now do they thrust us out privily? They're going to be, shh, okay, you guys can leave. And I thought, maybe we should talk this way. Nay, verily. Nay. But let them come themselves and fetch us out. And the sergeants told these words into the magistrates. And they feared, and I'm going to stop right there. It's an interesting thing to study the Roman Empire. And I'm not a student of the roman empire but there were in the centuries leading up to the time of christ there were some laws passed and they were called Valerian and something else portion or something like the car Porsche you know portion these people with those names who came up with these laws and what they were well they were laws to protect roman citizens from having their rights violated kind of sounds like the romans didn't have everything wrong um Maybe we could stand to have a few of those laws. When it, and one of them, and I'm trying to remember what it was. It was uh, it uh, it started with a P. There was this weird, um, uh, this weird word that started with a P, Italian word, and uh, and it was about Roman citizens who could who could appeal a sentence to a tribunal, and if the magistrates, the rulers, the sergeants, if somebody violated a Roman citizen's right in that appeal then they could be they could be treated with the same judgment that they were about to treat even up to death and Paul says they have beaten us openly uncondemned uncondemned he hadn't had his tribunal and this magistrate beat him and locked him in prison without his tribunal. And it says over here in verse 38, And they feared when they heard that they were Romans. And they came and besought them. Can you see this? Can you just, can you just let's let your mind run wild with this, with this picture? What these guys must have looked like when they came down into the prison and they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. And they, and they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia and when they had seen the brethren, they comforted them comforted them, and departed. Um, I, there's peace in answer prayer, but, but at the same time, I can't help but wonder how much mileage the Philippian church got out of that. I guarantee you, if I was the pastor of the Philippian church, I'd have got a squeezed every bit i could have got out of that well man you remember mr magistrate that time paul yeah, yeah. are you okay if we have a picnic uh, in the in the park church picnic in the park you're not going to round us up and beat us yeah yeah you remember that paul thing i mean i bet they got some mileage out of it that time you violated the roman citizens rights yeah that was maybe another blessing but that's just where my mind works um that's not bible there's peace and salvation, peace in being a vessel, peace in praising God, peace in answered prayer. I like this one. I had a thought I never, don't you like that? Don't you like it when you have a thought you never had before? When you're reading the Bible and you're like, never had? Th- th- those are pretty cool. Turn to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. Matthew 26. There it is. Verse 6. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. This sounds like a weird one I'm going to now, doesn't it? Well, hang in there. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. And I was thinking that's kind of like the opposite of peace. They had been depeaced by what she did. They were probably thought they were at some kind of peace. And then she came and did that. And all of a sudden they were all upset. And they had indignation saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Sounds like she was listening. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial of her. And we're talking about it tonight. Jesus was telling the truth. Talking about it here in Columbus. And you can say, "What does this have to do with peace?" Because I had a thought I never had before in reading this passage. After she broke that alabaster box of ointment, we don't hear anything else from her. Nothing else from her. We don't hear hear, have a record here that she said something or 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 did something. All we have is a record: is she broke that box, and these guys got mad, and Jesus rebuked them. And I was thinking about this woman. Do you know what this woman was doing while all this was going on? She was worshiping her Lord. Yes. They was, oh, Lord, what it, what it, what it, I can't believe it. She's worshiping her Lord. She. Their, their reaction to what she was doing didn't phase her one little bit. She was worshiping her Lord. Her Lord's about to go to the cross to pay for her sins, to wash away, to cleanse her many sins and make her a child of God and all those other things she gets in salvation. That's about to happen. He's been talking about it. I've been listening and I've been saving and I'm, I'm going to anoint him ahead of time to his burial. And she was there where she was bowing down before him, worshiping him. She was just focusing on him and thinking about him. And we don't hear any of that. There's peace in worship. There's peace in worship. And I know I've been just like you. I've come to church and I've had a great burden. And we're singing songs, and we might even we might even sing peace, peace, wonderful peace. Don't you hate it when you're just struggling and they gotta go and sing that? And you're singing it and you don't feel like singing it? That's the truth. But you sing it anyway. I'm not talking about that kind of worship. I'm talking about the kind of worship like this lady did. It was just her and Jesus. I almost wonder if she even heard what Jesus said. She was just focused on her Lord, who he was and what, in her case, he was about to do. In our case, it's what he did for us. Getting alone, me and my Lord, and my only thought and my only focus was on him that kind of worship there's peace in worship we'll stay in Matthew chapter 26 but I'm going to say something first Uh, we're not going to turn there but Jonah Jonah God said Jonah I want you to go over there, and I want you to preach to Nineveh. And Jonah was like, and he went over there, and then the whole thing with the with the sailors—that's actually a pretty cool, little uh, little event that happened there. And then they offered praise. Oh, we can't do this. He's a prophet, you know. And then he did it, and, and offered a sacrifice, and threw him overboard, and then, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the fish swallowed him and praying for the belly of it, Get me out of it, spit him out. And now, Jonah, I want you to go over there and I want you to preach. And you know what he did? He went over there. And what happened was what we want to happen. There was repentance. There was great repentance. Uh, now, his peace didn't last very long, but, but there was peace in submission. Now, how do I know that? Because look in Matthew chapter 26 verse 36. This is just 30 verses after she broke that box open. And they all got mad, but she was worshiping. 30 verses later. Same chapter. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. And saith unto the disciples, sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. My Savior began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Did he, was was he wrong for doing that? Did he do something wrong? Was that a lack of faith? Was he disobedient? Is there a problem with being sorrowful and very heavy? No. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. I am so sorrowful And so heavy laden, I'm about to die. That's what he just said. Now, he's not going to die. But that's how exceeding sorrowful he is. That's my Lord doing that for me and you. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And we all understand that's the reason he came. The reason my Lord came was to die on the cross to pay for my sins and the sins of the whole world. And here he is saying, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time, prayed, saying, "O oh, my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, and he left them, and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. The Messiah, the Anointed One, the Christ, the Creator of the universe, by Him all things consist He's holding our molecules together right now. And three times he said, Lord, or Father, if you let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he cometh to his disciples, verse 45, and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners, and then there's a little bit of a pause, and he says, Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And I think about Jonah submitting to God's will. Initially he didn't, but then he did. And I think about how my Lord, and I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't understand this battle that he's going through, but he asked three times that it wouldn't happen. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And I would say that there's peace in submission. Because so many times when I have hardship and I have trouble, I want to crowd to God and I want him to solve my trouble. Get me out of it. Let me escape. Well, that's point like 11, I think. We're not getting to that one tonight. You know, the, the, the one where we don't get our way, but we still have Peace but there's peace and submission. Lord, get me out of this. And maybe he doesn't get me out of it. That's peace that passes understanding. And then we're going back as we close. We're going back to Philippians chapter 4. Go back to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to finish up there. Philippians chapter 4. I say we're going to finish up there, but there is one passage, and I'm sorry, we got to read it. We just have to read it, um, and we will in a minute. But uh, Philippians 4, um, verse 8, you know this one. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, that's honorable, whatsoever things are just or righteous, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, that's things that you could say that are good, or things that have of themselves have a good report and, and you can pass them along, you know, that kind of thing. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. I may be going through some hardship and I'm thinking, you know, I got a health problem. And and I, I'm just really burdened. And I'm, and I'm not speaking like, I'm not saying I have a health problem, I don't, I'm, for example. Um, and I'm really burdened. About my health, and I want to be healed. I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to have this. I don't want to face what's down the road. I I don't this unknown. In that example, am I doomed to poor health? No. Is it possible that I may have poor health down the road? Yes. But is it true? No. So why am I thinking about it? That's what I ask myself. I'm facing this situation, which I faced uh, several situations over the last few months that, uh, that were pretty burdened to me. They, I mean, they robbed me of my peace. I should say I allowed them to. And, um, and the thoughts that I was thinking about the potential outcome of these situations I was facing they were they were they were false thoughts they were wrong thoughts you know why cuz they didn't happen so before i knew that they didn't happen me thinking them i'm not thinking something i'm not thinking about something that's true it may be true but maybe true is not true whatsoever things are true think on those whatsoever things are odd. but you don't understand i mean i'm having this problem i got to think about it I mean, that's how I am. I just got to think about it. No, I don't. I can think about something that's true. I can think about something that's honorable. I can think about something that's of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And, And notice it also says, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And there it is, the God of peace shall be with you. The things that are true. We think about the things that are true and honorable. We can think about God's word. We can, think about, we can think about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the things that we know to be true about them. We can focus on those things. We can think about things we talked about before, uh, our salvation, being a vessel, praising God, answer prayer, worshiping God. We can think about those things. as we close and I mean it this time turn to 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 I'm going to read something <laughs> talk about thinking about things that are true this blows my mind what I'm about to read we're going to read 19 verses just going to read them Second Chronicles chapter 20. In verse 1 it says, It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside, Ammonites, beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. And there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side. Wow. Uh, from the sea and, and Syria and behold they be in Hez. They're, they're there uh, and Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek God and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah that seems reasonable and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord makes sense even out of all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord and Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said he stood up in front of people and said out loud get a load of this O Lord God of our fathers art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If, when, evil cometh upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house, and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say now, they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. And all, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, their children, everybody. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael J- 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 I- the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And every battle that I face is not mine, but God's, because I'm his child. And that's just what I believe. Verse 16, Tomorrow go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Verse 18, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head, with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord worshiping the Lord and the Levites and the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high armies are coming to invade and they don't know what to do and they just start thinking about their God And who he is and what he said, what he's told them is like I said, I said this in Sunday school. We have this this thick book and it's got tiny print and no pictures. Which means there's a whole lot of stuff that God wants us to know. And this book is a revelation of himself to us. This is a revelation of himself to us. We got this big, thick, tiny printed book full of stuff that we can know about our God. And I don't know what Israel and Jerusalem's damage was up to this point. But right here, Jehoshaphat recounted who God was and what he does. And they believed it. And before this even happened, they were praising and worshiping God. They were praising and worshiping him for deliverance. Before it even happened. Because they believed what was true about their God. And I would just like to say... There's peace in believing God. I don't know what you're going through. I'm sure you're going through something. Or maybe you will. But I just want to remind you when you're when you're faced with thinking the thoughts of all that can go wrong, all the hardship and all the burden and all the hurt, That can come from what you're about to face and the pain and the suffering. You could think about that. I know sometimes I do. Or we could think about our salvation. We could think about being a vessel. We could think about praising our God. We can think about answered prayer. We can worship Him. We can submit to his will, Lord, if it's what you want. And we can believe what we know to be true about our God. We can think about all of that. And I'm going to tell you, if I spent my time thinking about all that, I wouldn't have time to think about what's, what's wrong. That's just true. That, that's, I'm reading all this over these last few months, and I'm just like, man, it's peace, 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 peace. <clears throat> in the midst of hardship, in the midst of not knowing the future, in the midst of not having an answer, Peace. That's a peace that passes all understanding. That's peace, peace. And that said, that's what I wanted. And I'm looking at examples of scripture where there were people who were at peace, even in the midst of a storm. And this is what they were focusing on. And uh, I just wanted to share that with you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for... uh, the passages of Scripture, how we can read them and see things in them that maybe we never thought before. Maybe we're going through something different, and that's why. Well, we thank you, Lord, that you, through your Spirit and the truth of your Word, Lord, could give us, give us sustenance, give us strength, give us encouragement, give us truth, Lord, something that we can stand on, truth that's more sure than, than the rock we can stand on outside because one day that rock's going to crumble and and break apart and burn up. But your word standeth sure. And we thank you for the truths of your scriptures. And I pray, Lord, that when I someday very soon face my next hardship, that I would practice these things better than I did before. And I pray, Lord, that my brothers and sisters remind me to do so. that we would remind one another that we bear one another's burdens in this way and we thank you lord again for the truths of scriptures and pray that you would plant them in our hearts that our focus would be on you and on the truths of your word and i pray this in jesus name